Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Looking forward to tonight at the Missouri Athletic Club, the second St. Louis Blues Hall of Fame induction. Being inducted tonight, Keith Kachuk and posthumously Pavel Dimitra and the Blues' all-time leader in goalie wins, games played, minutes, saves, shots against. Mike Liut was one of the all-time great Blues and fittingly is going into the Hall of Fame tonight and joins us now on the Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Mike, congratulations. This is Randy Carricker. Thanks so much for taking some time with us this morning. Well, thank you, uh, Randy. Happy to, happy to be on the show. Well, congratulations, Mike. Just reflecting back on the beginning of your time with the Blues in that early 1980s, that was just such a talented and dominant team because of Brian Sutter, Bernie Federico, and of course because of you. How special was that group in that time? Uh, you know, it was. Uh, uh, we were all drafted at the same year. I was in college and went to the WHA, and after the merger of the two leagues, came back to St. Louis. So. Um, well, that was, I guess, I guess that was a, a bit of a foundation. The, the Blues had, um, you know, gone through some tough years, and um, uh, we acquired a few other players. And by the eighty eighty one season, well, you know, I, I, you know, received a lot of credit for that year. You know, we had ten forwards who scored twenty goals or more. So it was a very talented group, uh, and more importantly, uh, a group that. Uh, you know, from the 79-80 season, the second half, we kind of found our 80-81 was, um, you know, a year that a lot of things, you know, clicked for us. And, um, you know, it was just a, just a great year with guys that really played for each other. And, and that's and that's clearly what it takes. And, and, of course, St. Louis saw that in 2019 when they won the Cup. I mean, same kind of thing, you know, where, you know, you just refuse to lose and, you uh, you know, you, you just find ways to win. Simply put, what does it mean for you and your family to go into the Blues Hall of Fame? Always an honor to be uh, recognized. Uh, you know, we, when we do this in entertainment and, and sports, um, St. Louis is a team that, you know, drafted me, childhood uh, dream to play in the NHL. When it happens, um, you know, you, you, you don't – kind of fully grasp it you know youth is wasted on the young but um, when you get to reflect back on it and particularly now because the blues have had you know they've, they've just started this uh, their hall of fame um it was a long time ago but it's always um you know it's always an honor it comes with a little more perspective with years um and you're you know you're kind of just thankful to have had the opportunity to play and uh, have a little bit of success and and if it culminates with this, um, you know, you're you know, super pleased about it and, and uh, happy it happened. And, of course, you know, I have family in St. Louis. I married Marianne. It's from uh, Carlisle, Illinois. So a little extra special uh, 
flavor uh, for tonight's uh, ceremony to have all of them you know, with me. New Blues Hall of Famer Mike Leo with us on 101 ESPN. Okay, a couple of things. Number one, I can still see Mike Crombie's goal going in <laughs> past Greg Millen in that double overtime win against Pittsburgh after the 80-81 season. You obviously were between the pipes for the Blues. What do you remember about that game? Well, it was a long game because it was double double overtime. And, and what I remember, you know, it, it was just such a brutal schedule there. And, and you know, everything that could go wrong in that series seemed to, you know, happen. The Penguins were a team that were very difficult to play in the playoffs. They almost upset the Islanders the following year. Um, and, uh, you know, it was our fifth game at seven nights. We played two or three overtime games. And, I mean, it just took a lot out of us. And that's what I remember from it because we had to turn around with one day off and play another four and five. So I think that's like nine and 12 days. And, and while they do that in baseball, that's that you can't do that in hockey and survive. So it was, it was an exhilarating win um, because it was such a wide open game. Uh, but it, 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 you know, that's what I remember. It just, it, it really took a lot out of our team. And Mike, uh, I was an usher at the time, so I was well aware of the cats and the rats and the power problems at the old arena. And in the next round, remember we had the the power out delay against the Rangers, and that, that was bizarre. But what's your favorite memory about the weirdness of the old arena? Oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> you know, I do remember that night because um, I – uh, weighed out of that game because it was so hot it, all day. It was very warm in St. Louis and the power was out all day. So that old barn heated up and um, I weighed out after the game 11 pounds lighter than I weighed in for the game. And that's that's what I'm talking about. You know, we were in the middle of 9 and 12 days and that happens. I mean, of all the things we didn't need to happen, that was the one. Um and, uh, you know, we lost that game in, in the third period, of course, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. where things are going to unravel. But, you know, the, the St. Louis Arena was, was um, I mean, it really had a great hockey vibe to it. Um, you know, St. Louis, they talk about, um, you know, the original six a lot in hockey. Well, St. Louis was the seventh team. They were part of the following six that came in. But they were the the class of that that group. And, in fact, Philly patterned their team after the Blues uh, in their initial success, and they went on to win the Stanley Cup. And it was, um, uh, I played uh, against the Billikens. Uh, They were in our league when I was at Bowling Green. So we would play Friday and Sunday and Saturday, go to the Blues game. And it was like going to a game in Toronto or Montreal, right? Everybody was dressed up. That was the the style back then. That's what people did. And and, uh, it just had a real class about it. and I, you know, it was a thrill to play in that building. It was it was uh, a building everybody liked to play in. It was it was well lit. Uh, it was just a uh, you know for for an old I don't know circus arena. It, it was a remarkable place to play hockey. Well, you are Jordan Bennington's agent now. What have you seen from his progression over the years? We were talking about earlier that it's hard to believe that this is now his fifth full season as the Blues goaltender. What have you seen with his growth and, prog- and progression? Well, Jordan took a long time, you know, uh, to get here, right? The, the Blues had kind of moved away from him as a prospect, and uh, he played in Providence, uh, so he wasn't even eligible to play for the Blues, uh, even though they retained his rights. And um, so there was a, a lot of perseverance, a great deal of perseverance from, you know, from him uh, to, to just to get to this point. 
And over the, the and then he had such immediate success. I mean, the meteoric, and and then you know he had to, you know, not every year is going to go like that. And he's had to, you know, rely on that resilience and perseverance and find, you know, uh, you know, the rest of his game, right? I mean, it was easy the first year. He never lost, ever, so it seemed. But, uh, you know, you go through, you know, you know, the team goes through a rut and you're changing your personnel. And, and he's trying to find himself as a hockey player. And as a goaltender, you can only do so much, you know, to motivate your team. You know, your motivation, it really is you lead by performance because it's just, it takes so much concentration. The margin of error is so small. So where we see Jordan now is he's, he's a very mature uh, athlete in terms of his mental approach to the game. You know, he knows the boundaries or he's come to realize the boundaries of what he can do, um, you know, outside of just stopping the puck. And, and that's 95% of any goaltenders, uh, what they're capable of doing. Um you know, he's not a third-line guy. He's not an energy guy. You, you know, you just can't bring that. You you make the right save at the right time, and that, that gives your team uh, a jump. Um, and, and and that's what he's focused on. He's, he's, I see him now playing very much for themselves, um, completely under control. And I think you're seeing Jordan play as well as he's ever played. Mike, uh, for fans that maybe don't know, uh, you represent Jordan Bennington, as we were just saying, and you are a agent. What made you go into that realm of professional sports? And once your playing career was done, all of a sudden, uh, and maybe it took a while, but you're now an agent in the in the sports world of the National Hockey League. No, it's uh, life is funny because it uh, it was so, uh, clearly the very last thing that I had intended to do. And um, when I retired, I was very involved with the Players Association, which, which was out of Toronto. I, I believed in that uh, project where they were going and, and what it was ultimately going to do for the, for the league and, and the players. Um, and um, the idea was they would, we were going to move the Labor Department to Detroit. That's why I went to school there. Um, that didn't happen. And I was coaching at Michigan, uh, uh, specifically with Marty Churko, and I stepped away from that because I literally had four NHL players that just called, and you know, when I was not going to stay with the PA, asked me to represent them. You know, we we had free agency for the first time, or unrestricted free agency, um, and I thought I would do that. Yeah, I don't know, as a staff stopgap, right? I didn't really, you know, where's the next? I'm out of law school. I'm a member of the bar. Where, where do I go now? And then. A former teammate of mine, Brian Lawton, called said, hey, we're going to start a hockey division with uh, Octagon, which is a worldwide sports marketing company. It's a huge platform. I thought, okay, that might be pretty good for a couple of years. Um, and uh, so I started down that road, and you know, and I've been the managing director now of the hockey division for uh, 15 years or so, and it's been 25 years since I've been there. So <laughs> I don't know. How you know life? Uh, I don't. I I really can't explain it. it uh, you know, I do enjoy it. Uh, it, it. The best part of it is that your clients are all eighteen to thirty-five. So the only time I think I'm sixty-eight is when I look in the mirror in the morning <laughs> when I shave. So, so it's uh, they do they keep you young. You've got to stay current with the game, um, and, and I, I very much enjoyed uh, enjoyed that. I uh, you know. Life changes, generations change, and 
you know, we don't always agree with the younger generation, but I remember that I grew up in the 60s, and I'm almost certain my parents didn't agree with what we were thinking <laughs> and doing in the 60s, right? Right, no so, doubt. You know, so it's been, it's, it's been great. It's, uh, uh, you know, a, a terrific company, uh, very solid, uh, represents some of the best athletes and across the sports world and uh, events. So there's been a lot of other things that I've been uh, able to be involved with and executive committees and such. So um, it, it's been much more than just representing hockey players, but, but, uh, and we've got a great team within our hockey division, um, other agents and colleagues. So it's uh, yeah, on balance. It's been terrific. Mike, here in St. Louis, there are so many questions we could ask you, but we just don't have time. So I want to end with this. I remember walking into the arena the morning after you had been traded to Hartford and sitting there at the front desk, the woman who did everything. I mean, she was basically the receptionist that morning was Susie Matthew, who looked up and said, this one is the worst because yeah. Harry Ornest was was tearing the team apart. What's it mean for Mike Liute to be inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame on the night that Susie Matthew is going to receive that true blue award? Yeah, I think she might be the headliner uh, for tonight's uh, uh, event. Susie, um, you know, one of the first uh, female women uh, executives, if you will, in, in, in sports. She literally did do everything. Um, you know, she was she was just really terrific. And um, what is what is standard today for for players to have that resource? Um, um, you know, in, in terms of whatever is going on in your life or, you know, the liaison between, you know, guys in the road, obviously no cell phones, email, none of that stuff, and connecting, you know, the, the wives and, and such, and just managing all of that off ice. You know, they probably have three or four people in an organization or every organization, you know, and we had that with, with, with Susie. And, and um, most importantly, um, I, I think she felt, you know, that she was doing the right thing for her at the right time. And it was, it was novel and, and important. And I think she, you know, she just really loved it. I mean, she was, she was as much a part of the blues as any player. So, um, you know, she would come to realize what was going on and she had the background of seeing what it was like, um, when Ralston had it under our hell Dean who saved it. I think he should be in the hall of fame. He okay. saved the franchise. Um, and I was here, but, you know, that, that was just uh, really a, 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 a terrible moment when they were talking about moving to Saskatoon. I mean, it was just that made no sense for a franchise like St. Louis. As I said, I, for me, St. Louis has always been the seventh franchise, not an original six, but they were the seventh. And, um, uh, you know, so there, there was that type of uh, connection, right, to the team. And they, they had, you know, we just had such a rich uh, front office and Neil Francis and Dan Kelly is, I mean, Dan Kelly is one of the best announcers ever. And, you know, we had him. And so it was that community in St. Louis and uh, Susie was certainly a huge part of that. Mike, thanks so much for the time on this day that you're going to be inducted. Looking forward to, to tonight. I will, I will see you over there and uh, we really appreciate you coming on this morning. Yeah. Thank you for having me. See yeah. you there. See you, Mike. Okay, thanks. Back. New Blues Hall of Famer, Mike. He was Leeds. awesome. Yeah. He was yeah. so much fun to watch. He was, and had the coolest mask ever. Yes, Just the, he did. The white mask, that, the, the mask that people wear now, he was really the guy that brought that into, into uh, play for hockey goalies.